listen up. Here's a story about two guys who did a podcast. And he's Casey. I'm Isaac. Okay. And listen to mm-hmm. the podcast now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it just make that up on the spot? Well, first I looked at the copyrighted song uh, <laughs> "Blue" by Eiffel Tower, okay. and then I di- I rewrote some of the lyrics to fit our podcast specifically. Something called a parody, um, okay. popularized by Weird Al, and legally we can't get sued now. Oh, interesting. Is that how Weird Al avoids all his shit? I think it's so. Parodied. I, have you have you heard of a dumb Starbucks, for instance? Mm-mm. Okay, so. Um, on the greatest show of all time, Nathan for you, mm-hmm. uh, comedian Nathan Fielder opened uh, a store that had a logo that was identical to Starbucks, had the exact same menu as Starbucks, and how he got away with it was he put the word "dumb" in front of everything. Oh so God. if you look at the logo, it is the same as the Starbucks logo, except there's just a little "dumb" <laughs> right there, <laughs> and it it worked. Um, I think they had to like classify as it classify it as an art exhibit um okay. and that's how they got away with it eventually though i do think it was shut down because a health inspector came and was like you can't be an art exhibit and sell like food and drinks like that's right not how it works but if we ever want to rip off joe rogan and maybe be like the dumb joe rogan experience yeah. like that could work maybe that could work somebody could rip us off and be called dumb mind over movies that'd be good <laughs> isn't that yeah, what it already is, is yeah <laughs> Okay, see, it's, uh, it's Halloween at the time of recording, it which, is. I mean, it won't be by the time people are hearing, but I, I think it'd be fun to, to say what we were for Halloween this year. Would you like to start us off? Yeah, so uh, we had a Halloween party last night, and I was a raider from Fallout 3, one of my favorite games of all time. I don't think anyone who's ever listened to the podcast would think that you like Fallout. I know. You've uh, never I've it never brought it up ever. Yeah, we definitely but... don't have like a twenty-minute like archive of us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> digging on Fallout New definitely Vegas. Definitely don't. And it's not in episode five either. But um, what were you? Uh, I was uh, I was Christian from uh, Midsummer, and more specifically, I was. Him in the bear suit. Yes. Uh, so I did cheat a little. I wasn't on fire, and <laughs> I got up and moved a little. Yeah. You know, I, I I was like, I can't sit the whole party, guys. <laughs> I did sit for five hours. So when everyone was gone, I was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and no one wanted to party. It Rude. was a it was a good costume though. Yeah. Same to you. Same you. to you. God. You know. Let's just uh let's just have the circle jerk go a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, guys, our costumes are so fucking cool. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I took inspiration from you for for our party because in the in the hit film Crimes of Good Intentions, um, my character does play with speakers quite a bit and, and fucks yeah, oh, with yeah. people. <laughs> and there's a scene early in that movie where um, Luke's brushing his teeth or whatever, and then like audio plays mm-hmm. and he gets spooked. Oh no, oh, no! But <laughs> so Jacob and I recorded. A little loop of us being goblins, essentially. <laughs> being like, wash your hands. <laughs> you should flush twice. <laughs> and like laughing for six hours. So thank you for writing the hit film, Crimes of yeah. Good Intentions, and giving me the tech guy role. It, right. It's really transferred into my real life. Also, the amount of times that I've met someone who's been like, oh, I watched your short film, and I've gone, I'm a tech guy. <laughs> I know tech. I know tech. I love that line. You know, a heist movie needs that kind of line. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a heist movie. Exactly. 
<laughs> I saw a tweet recently that was like, um, hacker, um, we gotta like uninstall Windows 95 and put like Windows 8 on this guy who hired the hacker for the express purpose of knowing technology in English, nerd. You <laughs> <laughs> love that. I didn't, thankfully, I didn't add any lines like that into the film. That would have been no. uh, a little bit too cliched. But hey, hey, let, let us know what's your favorite line from Crimes of Good Intentions. <laughs> Drop it in the comments below or on Twitter. Or actually, Here's what I'll do. I'll make a I'll make a um, a poll on Twitter, yeah. and um, it'll be just lines that Robbie had, and you, mm. they can vote on the best line. And also, I mean, just maybe throw out who your favorite character from Crimes uh, of yeah, Good Intentions totally. is. Maybe the one who's like the most central to yeah, the plot. I yeah, really. Like, would the movie have happened without Robbie there? <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> he just has too many deep close relationships with the main cast and yeah. he's too integral his yeah. arc was the one that i worked the most on you know yeah. <laughs> i can't wait to see what he does in the sequel yeah. <laughs> there have we mentioned the the ongoing joke behind the scenes about um my character though uh no i don't think we've ever talked about okay it. so when we were shooting crimes of good intentions i don't know how this started but <laughs> we <laughs> Uh, my fellow cast members, God love all of them, um, <laughs> decided that it would be really funny if every scene turned into the Robbie death scene. Like, there's a scene where, I think it was Augustine started this, where Augustine comes in with the gun and he's like, hey everyone, and he points the gun at me and pulls the trigger. There was, there was, and then I fucking, in my um, cameo scene when I was coming in, uh, I, I was, we were doing several takes and one take, I just walked in and I had the gun hidden on me because I took it outside. I fucking walked in and I just pointed the gun straight at it. I was like, I was like I fuck you, die, Robbie. I forgot about that. I hope these like come out in a blooper reel. Like I hope Luke has I, the footage yeah. somewhere. I, I have all the footage on my computer and I actually started editing a blooper reel. So nice. that, and now that everybody really enjoyed the movie, it gives me more faith to actually go ahead and edit like a behind the scenes reel sort of thing. Yeah. So that's coming soon. But yeah, that was a, that was a really funny, and then it's it's even bleeding into, like, when I had ideas for the sequel, they're like, we're going to kill Robbie, right? And I was like, yes, Robbie will die in the sequel. <laughs> That's good. I, I, I can't wait for him to be dead, or, or, or alive, <laughs> or surprisingly. Alive. I don't know. Well, I guess you'll find out, viewer, when viewer. it comes out, if it comes out. When it comes out, it comes it out, comes out maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, when, I'm not making any promises. We <laughs> promised March 26th. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that was, so that was a fucking lie. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, oh shit, I had something to say and then it completely left my head. Anyway, speaking of, uh, films that you've made. Oh, okay. Did you, uh, (laughs) did you, uh, partake of other movies that other people made? Um, yeah, I actually made another one. It's called Dune. It's out in theaters right now. It's out in theaters. Oh, fuck, you made that. Yeah, I did. That was very impressive for, like, a student (laughs) film. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, actually, so, like, the only thing I've watched is Dune. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. If we want to just hop in... Well... Oh, I, I have watched other films. You did? Okay. Yes. So, I'll tell you about them, huh? Okay. 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 We'll get to Dune when we get to it, we'll okay? Get we'll be doing Dune. that this episode. <laughs> we'll be doing the Dune talk. We'll be doing that this episode, okay? First off... Okay. 
I don't have my letterbox full <laughs> up, so you better stall for time. Okay. Um, you better stall like it depends. Uh, and I'm not stalling. Speaking of Halloween. I'm not the one who stalled. I do have, um, I got, um, um, some Halloween, I'm, I'm in the Halloween spirit, I guess. So, you know, I don't know if you have any, are you going to talk about scary movies that you've watched? Like Halloween themed? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And I'll mention this this other piece of media I've been consuming. Okay, I'll save the piece of media that you would respect the most for last. Okay. I watched, um, I, I actually the only other movies I watched this week were today, this morning. I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Okay. Dream Warriors. I got the scoop. You can skip to because Wes Craven has nothing to do with it. Okay. And so they approached him in the 80s and they were like, can you please work your Wes Craven magic and give us another Nightmare on Elm Street movie? And he was like, yes, I'll do that for you. And okay. you can tell because it's good. It's okay. like actually pretty good. It's The concept of it is, is like it takes place in a psych ward and these kids can like go into each other's dreams and so they use that to like kind of fight freddy Mm krueger and like what i honestly really enjoyed about it is that it continued the story of the first movie um but in like kind of a tasteful way like it brought back the main character in a way that made sense from that movie Mm -hmm. it brought back other characters and then the story like took the next logical step like what can you do with dreams like and lucid dreaming is a concept that's been around forever, and I've always thought yeah. it would be really cool to see, you know. And obviously, mm-hmm. we have movies like Inception these days mm-hmm. where that's very common. But like, yeah. this is a 1987 yeah. horror movie, Inception. It's pretty fucking cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I dope. The practical effects, especially, are are really impressive in these older horror movies because, like, when something really grotesque pops out, you're like, oh fuck, someone yeah. made that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't know, there's, like, an early part in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 where uh, Freddy's, like, a like a black worm, like, creature, but it's got Freddy Krueger's face on it, and I it starts eating that. her. Yeah, yeah, it looks dope. It yeah. looks awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I need to watch it. I mean, they're all on HBO Max, so that's, yeah. that's hype. So, I, I've heard you watch 1, 3, and New Nightmare, and mm. honestly, I'll probably watch New Nightmare if uh, if it stands up yeah. to this as, as, like, pretty good. Um, also, Lawrence Fishburne is like in it. Like Morpheus is just okay. like in there. He's like, as, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. It, I, and I think um, also of note, Patricia Arquette. It was like her first big role. Oh, was in three. It so Nightmare on Elm Street has like a reputation of making stars, I guess, because Johnny Depp was uh, the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was good in the first one. But yeah, I'm he, had, he had the coolest death scene in the movie, I think. Yes, the, yeah. the most fake blood I've ever seen yeah. in the movie, anyway. Or I think probably at that time, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. They, they poured buckets oh, for yeah, Johnny no. Depp's scene. It that was, was crazy. So much fake blood. I kind of, I kind of want to go and see if there's any behind the scenes footage of these movies because I would mm-hmm. love to know like how they did a lot of these effects and also how much fake blood was on set. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, I, I'm very surprised to say it, but yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, pretty great. Um, I mean, pretty good. And then also, uh, literally like an hour or 30 minutes before you came, I watched the first Halloween again. Um, and it, it's a banger. I will say very tame compared mm-hmm. to like slasher movies today. Yeah, and for I th- sure. I think that holds it back is like, you need to have been someone who like in the eighties or as a child watched this movie first before yeah. seeing any other like kind of slasher horror movie because 
it's it's got a low kill count there's not yeah. a lot of blood and to be honest like it's not that crazy mm-hmm. like i don't know like i think i think the craziest thing about it is the one kill where his the knife is through him in the closet mm-hmm. i think that one's really cool but yeah no i i think the the newer halloween um the one that came out in 2008 david gordon green's halloween yeah uh it kind of is probably in essence what the first one was trying to be with with the just the kills and just how gruesome and um, evil Michael Myers is. Yeah. Um, they really captured that, but I still dig the first Halloween movie for sure. It's it's good. I mean, definitely the score and John Carpenter's directing mm-hmm. is like amazing. Uh, and Donald Pleasance, like, uh, I you know what I mainly know him from is like the James early James Bond movies, but he fucking always kills it as Doctor Loomis. Which yeah, I I noticed in the first Halloween movie he doesn't do all that much. He just kind of mm-hmm. hides in bushes and like yells yeah. at kids. He's like. <laughs> from there <laughs> yeah i was so confused by that plot line me too yeah he doesn't like, really do much no i was like what the fuck but he's a beloved character anyway yeah. for some reason i don't know horror, horror franchises are kind of silly that way it's just like after yeah. the first movie you just gotta keep these characters coming back no matter what the yeah, what the reason or the rhyme see that was the new scream movie yep you got courtney cox and um yeah Neve. Which, I mean, listen, that original cast, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I, but, I mean, they just keep bringing them back, right? Like, they what they they were in the all four of, of the Scream movies, yeah. right? Like, holy shit, like, <laughs> I would have killed myself by, the, by this time, you know? That's a lot of uh, running from a serial killer, bro. I, I didn't realize, though, that all of the Scream movies, Wes Craven came back and did. Mm-hmm. Like, he directed all of them, and it's only now that... He's not involved because, well, he's dead. But, yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, or I guess there was an MTV show that everyone kind of forgot about. Scream the series oh, that happened yeah, to yeah, that yeah. I don't think he was directly mm-hmm. involved with. That I definitely forgot about that series. There's too many goddamn like horror property spinoffs. I mean, Halloween alone, we're we're talking about like has like five timelines now. Like it's the fucking Terminator franchise. <laughs> I, I hear yeah. Halloween Kills also sucks. But yeah, way, I, have not I, been I hearing... heard. I was I tried to torrent it, but uh, I, I I grabbed a bad torrent, and then I got um really, uh, what's the word um, hmm. Uh, anyway, it turned me off from from torrenting uh, at the at this point in time because it was it was taking too fucking long, and I was like, I just want to watch this fucking movie, but I don't want to go see it in the theater because um, I don't want to. <laughs> I just stream it on Peacock. It's on Peacock. It's literally streaming on Peacock. Isn't that kind of bizarre? That is bizarre. Okay, well then I'll just do that. I, I, is it free? I don't know. Peacock. But, uh, you I didn't even know, know it was on Peacock. I didn't so. know. Peacocktober. <laughs> it might it might be on Cocktober. Cocktober. I I wonder if it's free. But um those were the Halloween movies. Oh wait, no, I watched The Lighthouse. I forgot to mention this last yes! week. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. rewatched The Lighthouse. Okay. Um, All right. Let's let's hear it. I think a lot more highly of it. You think I you're do. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's still it's still not like the perfect Nirvana like film bro heaven movie that I think that I wanted it to be. Like right. I, I, I still stand that like Parasite and Uncut Gems are probably my favorite movies from 2019, but um, it's really good. Like, oh my god, there is a lot of thought being put into it, and I think my favorite aspect of it 
is that your interpretation of it can change mm-hmm. from viewing to viewing because yeah. I don't even remember what I was thinking the first time I watched it, but yeah. my, my interpretation this time around was way different. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that's cool if it's this. You yeah, know? mine definitely did too. The first time I watched it, I, I looked at it more of as like a, a cabin fever uh, drama, which in essence is kind of what it is. But I was you know, mainly like, okay, this is like a, a new take on the cabin fever with some allegorical stuff to Greek mythology yeah. and I just hadn't quite put my finger on it. And then the second viewing I was like, okay, this is definitely um, about uh, probably toxic masculinity or maybe just masculinity yeah. as a whole. And it, I also got the feeling that it was also something sexual in there. Um, yeah. About sexual repression or something like that. And then the, by the third time I watched it, I'm like, bro, this is just about kissing your homies goodnight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what can we can we talk a little spoiler section yeah. for Lighthouse? Yeah, I it's been out for a while, so mm-hmm. I mean skip to this time code if you if you haven't seen the Lighthouse. Um this won't be our big spoiler discussion. Dune will happen later, I promise. Yeah. Um but spoilers for the lighthouse. <clears throat> I I definitely think it is a um it is a story of one person. I don't think yeah. that Willem Dafoe is real okay i think that um that you know thomas or ephraim whatever you want to call him Mm -hmm. um he is the only real individual there i don't know entirely if uh willem dafoe is someone he's created or maybe a former assistant at the lighthouse place i i do think though like the fact that they share the name thomas is what instantly kind of made me think that and then also the way that they interact and the way that they play with reality it's like mm-hmm. you'll see willem dafoe go out and like fuck up the 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 dinghy or whatever and then he's like no you did that yeah um, yeah i definitely gaslighting the fuck out of robert yeah. pattinson it's like it's i think what the sexual tension and all the like loathing and then moments of love is to me is someone who hates himself like you see at the start of the movie he's trying to abstain from alcohol mm-hmm. um and he's like oh yeah I, I don't do that anymore and then like as the movie goes on when they get drunk that's when he starts being like i hate you mm-hmm. and i think he's talking to himself for sure and i and right. i think that you are seeing someone who's like struggling with that and i mean i don't know by the end when they're like drinking fucking like kerosene like <laughs> yeah that was crazy you wouldn't you wouldn't blame him if he was yeah. going crazy but i don't know i and watching it from that angle where it's like, oh, this is kind of a Fight Club movie, but without the twist explicitly being explained to you, yeah. that made it very interesting to me, and it made all of the weird, the weirder aspects of the movie kind of make more sense. It's like you definitely cannot take the lighthouse too literally. Yeah, um, I think along those lines, I think. Um, so I think Willem Dafoe's character is um i think he's real i don't think he's human oh Um, i think okay so obviously as far as the story goes like i don't think he's i think he's some sort of i mean because obviously you see him in the scene when he's choking him he turns into like neptune basically Mm -hmm. um but i think i honestly what it what it's about for me now, like in all seriousness, is probably like abuse, like addiction, it's like substance abuse, substance yeah. addiction, and how that, like just addiction in general and how it manifests. 
because he talks about a story also about why he was a why he was a wiki or a, a, was it, is that what they call him wiki wiki I think so I think okay because he he accidentally killed a guy yeah he killed he was, the real Ephraim Winslow yeah so I was like and he just took his name um so that just makes me think of like you know trauma plus substance abuse <laughs> equals like th- this uh thing that it's happening I, I think he's there to be like it's like a dungeon almost like he's there to be like tortured like psychologically yeah. and everything that's happening is not really actually happening but it's more of just like manifestations of you know his um i guess his uh trauma i guess yeah, of, I don't his, know. of his personal torment i yeah, definitely yeah. feel that way too like i think that this movie is happening on a subconscious level mm-hmm. but it also might just be hell because like yeah. I think that the ending implies that it's very cyclical. Like this has happened before, and this loop will kind of continue to happen. Because right. you know Prometheus, the myth that a lot of this is based on. I mean, mm-hmm. he's forever pecked on by the, by birds, the birds, yeah, yeah, that eat his liver. Mm-hmm. And something that I read that was interesting is like maybe at the start of the movie, you know, he's had his liver pecked out freshly, and it's regrowing. And then as it regrows, he returns to his old habits because he has something to digest the alcohol with and then it happens again he ruins himself once more i i definitely agree with you that at the core of this movie there's substance abuse issues Mm -hmm. there's issues of security and general like the need to be loved or liked or like to have a father figure or you know what what is a father figure if not someone who gives you love and how do people show love you know it's through dancing and like they get so fucking homoerotic Mm -hmm. and apparently robert pattinson was like we did a lot of takes where willem dafoe and i were just like trying to take each other's like pants down like that's how aggressive the um chemistry in this script would be (laughs) oh my gosh so, I don't know. I, I, I definitely love how ambiguous it is, though. It, yeah. it never slaps you in the face with mm-hmm. the right answer, and that's, I love it. that's neat. As well. I, I will never forget the first time I watched it in the theater, the, 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 last, like, the last scene of like, the, them like, eating out his uh, organs. I was like, oh my god, uh, I'm going to have to watch this about six more times. Yeah. Like, it, it's a very visually, um, uh, I guess, I want to say stunning. It is visually stunning, yeah. but it's also visually like aggressive right like it's like look at this fucking image what do you think about this and you're like ah fuck i don't know well yeah and this is okay so i mean obviously Zack snyder's justice league really used this aspect (laughs) ratio like brilliantly and that added like Zack snyder did it first first, (laughs) don't you know uh, <laughs> well, he would have because he made Justice League back in 2016. That's true. And way he wanted it to be in that aspect ratio back then. And you'll notice the lighthouse came out in 2019. So Robert Eggers probably just walked under the set of the Justice League he and was like, Zack Snyder, wow. you brilliant man. I'm going to steal all of your ideas. <laughs> um, but with the aspect ratio. I do appreciate that it adds to that sense of claustrophobia yeah. and, um, you know, you're really forced to look at what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. on the screen because of it. And you have to confront some of those uglier visuals like the the head in the in the basket or the, yeah. or the mermaid ussy. The mermaid, mermaid ussy. That, what a crazy shot, too. Like, oh. what a what a fucking movie, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I mean, I, I will say this is probably the movie that I think that the aspect ratio 
it is completely justified. Like, yes, this is the only way to experience this movie is in the, um, sorry, the one by four, I think aspect is what it is. One by four. Uh, I think so. (laughs) One by four, one by one. Either way. You're the film nerd, not me, bro. Sorry. I, there's so many aspect ratios. I forget. I know it's okay. I know that, I know that I put, um, Crypsis and, uh, crimes in two two by forty by one. That's the cinematic. That's what I considered normal. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I know. Oh look, it's we're and getting a normal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, Lighthouse is great. If y'all haven't seen it, uh, please do. I I'm if you haven't seen it, and you just listen to the spoiler review. I'm I'm, I'm why I'm very ashamed of you. Very Although ashamed. we we did uh, we jump around. around. Yeah. yeah. So no, definitely watch the lighthouse for sure. And if you've already seen it, watch it again and then uh, comment what you think the lighthouse is about. Yeah. Tell us. Let us know. Subscribe. Like. Yeah. <laughs> smash that motherfucking like Consume. button. Also, Sam, I would like to say you have to. You have to change the meme from three weeks ago now. Jimmy Stewart can't kill me for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave it four and a half stars. <laughs> I didn't give it one star. I want to I wanna defend my honor here. I didn't rate it the first time I okay, watched yeah. it. I knew I liked it. I didn't fully get it, but right. I was like, I, this was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that it's great, though. Yeah. I do. I just don't think that it's a movie that I will be re-watching as right. much as other people, and it's not one of my favorites. It's... Pretty understandable understandable you so you had a halloween thing to mention oh um, now yeah that I've spoke of these so my um um <laughs> media i'm consuming that's halloween themed um as y'all may know i'm a i'm a bit of a metalhead and there's this uh really great um metalcore band that i've been following for years now that i'm probably going to get tatted on my body um they're called ice nine kills Ooh. Um, and they are at least the lead singer Spencer Charnas is a huge, huge horror buff. He loves horror movies. He he loves like fiction. Like he reads so many books. He watches so many horror movies and stuff. And um, they in their early days, their a bunch of their like album artwork and their like their lyrics, just like their aesthetic was like really dark, moody, you know, kind of slasher vibes, uh, metal music, and it was super fucking heavy. And they're still a heavier band, but they've uh, in 2015 they released an album called Every Trick in the Book, and each song was based off of uh, important slash their favorite pieces of literature, like their favorite books. So you had uh, George uh, Orwell's Animal Farm. They did oh. a song on. They did uh, The Exorcist. They did um, Carrie, and they did. Um, Romeo and Juliet, and they did a couple others, and it was a fantastic album, and I listened to it religiously. But then they took it a step farther, and they're like, "We're gonna do horror movies," and so they came out with an album called The Silver Scream, <coughs> and they did wonderful songs about Freddy, Jason, uh, the Scream movies. They did um, The Crow. They have a song about The Crow that's oh, really interesting. Yeah. They have, um, I think they did An American Werewolf in London. I think is one they did. Uh, and then uh, just a, like uh, Jaws and Saw, like awesome album. And then Spencer Charnas, the lead singer, is like, I don't know why I haven't been doing this all my life. Like this is my favorite thing to do. So they, this month, they released the sequel to The Silver Scream called Welcome to Horrorwood. And it is really, really good. Okay. Um, they've got songs on there about uh, Cabin Fever, uh, Hostel. 
They've got um, Child's Play, American Psycho, uh, original Alfred Hitchcock Psycho. Ooh. Um, so they're doing just like a bunch of songs. And uh, if you're into horror movies and if you're if you can uh, at least listen to some metal, I would highly recommend giving this album a listen. I've been listening to it nonstop. Um, but my favorites uh, right now are the ones they have about Evil Dead called Ex Morti. I think is really really fucking fun. Um, they got one called Farewell to Flesh that's about Candyman. And then um, the opener of the album is actually kind of poking fun at Hollywood themselves. It's, it's called Welcome to Horrorwood. Um, but it's, it's, really, it's really fucking um, like smart and like interesting. Like he, they have like a bunch of like puns in their songs and stuff like that because you know, they're kind of being campy with the horror music. But this song, uh, Welcome to Horrorwood, poking fun at the film industry... It's just really well made, and it's like it's easy to just sing along to. I mean, he's an amazing songwriter, and they're an amazing band. Um, and they've right now the their album and Coldplay album new album are the two top albums on the Billboard rock charts right now. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. So if y'all are like interested or anything, uh, go go give it a, a listen. It's called uh, Welcome to Horrorwood, The Silver Scream 2 by Ice Nine Kills. And uh, yeah, it's got me in the Halloween uh, mood. That's I've been listening to it all day and the past like two weeks I've been listening to it. So that's a little something for you. Yeah, and I mean uh, I know it's November 2nd when you're listening to this probably. <laughs> but, uh, Save it, save it for next year for you sure. Say, yeah, you know? like, exactly. You make use of this shit. You yeah. know, I'm always I'm always looking for good like Halloween music, especially too, oh, because yeah. like we have all the classics. But mm-hmm. it's like we've heard Thriller and Monster Mash so many yeah. times. Like it's <laughs> nice to have like a contemporary, right. good piece of Halloween music. Um, sure. So I think before we get into the topic, I, I would like to say I'm remiss that I didn't get to see last night in Soho yet. Oh, I yeah, I just want to tell people like I I feel like a fucking criminal because I I'm, <laughs> I'm like Edgar Wright is like in my top three directors and I just yeah. I don't know I haven't had the time this weekend to go see it it's it's been hard so yeah I'll I'll try and fix that next week is, is there anything that you're sad you didn't get to get around to I'm still so last night in Soho's one I mean I can forget myself on it just came out but I'm still looking forward to seeing that um and then I. The Last Duel, I still need to watch. Mm. Um, and there was another one that... Oh, wait, the French... Is the French Dispatch coming The out? French Dispatch is out! Oh, my God! Oh I my need God. to go see It's that. everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. We don't even have an excuse. Yeah, we gotta go see these movies. <laughs> that's been our uh, that's been our self-punishment section of Mind Over Movies. We'll be back right after this quick break. <laughs> I am a vampire. I am just walking about my house. I have this book... Uh, It is called the Book of the Garlic. Hello. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to introduce myself last week. I'm Edward Cullen. You're Bella? No, my name name is Vladimir. I have this book here. I'm trying to read. Would you mind if I... I I guess, yes. You may may see the book. Here, Here it is. So you're enjoying the rain? Uh, it is uh, It is not raining, sir. It only looks like it's going to rain. And we're back from that um, that hellscape of maybe some 
lounge music, maybe yeah, it was yeah. uh, old time jazz. Who knows? It might have been. It's something. It's something. Casey has decided that in the future, and I am increasing his homework load every <laughs> yeah. second I talk. Were those vampires? I heard <laughs> a gunshot. Yeah, yeah. There was a whole skit actually. Maybe Put even a Christopher Walken impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they were all home for dinner too. <laughs> wow. That'll be interesting. Yeah, right the here. fact that it was ten minutes. <laughs> this is a special extra long episode of Mind Over Movies. Yep. Man, I can't wait to see what he does with the ending if he did all that <laughs> just know. in the middle. I know. Speaking yes. of having all the plot lines figured, figured out. Did you uh did you figure out what um, what screen that you watched? Dude yeah, I did. I, I watched it on my big old 75-inch TV with the volume up to 50. Um, and that's what I did. My God. Yeah. Was it was it enough? Did you... Did no, you... it was... I mean, yeah, I think it was. I, I love watching movies on my TV. That's why I saved up and got a big-ass TV because uh, that's what I, I wanted to have the experience and um i'm working on getting some uh surround sound as well there you go complete it but yeah no i I was i i felt very uh okay with my dune experience Mm -hmm. uh in my home so there we go so the man's unbiased yeah uh, going into to this uh review yeah i didn't watch it on my nintendo ds like i had originally yeah (laughs) i didn't watch it like you know minimized in the corner of my phone (laughs) as i scrolled through twitter yeah i didn't do that this time (laughs) i bothered to go to a theater um but uh what'd you think um Uh, spoiler free spoiler whatever you want to do yeah well i guess the spoiler free thoughts real quick um it's big this is a big movie um and I wouldn't have mind wouldn't have minded if it was six hours long. Yeah, I would have watched another three hours of that shit because um, it was very entertaining. Uh, and yeah, I, I liked it. I just uh, my main problem stems from the fact that it's a part one, which I understand. Which that's been Hollywood does this all the time. Um, it just felt like a really weird way to end the uh, the first movie. I don't know if I liked. I don't know if I liked where they ended it. To be honest, I felt I felt the same way um, about the ending. Anyway, I think that's what holds it back a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh shit, we gotta wrap this up um, yeah. because we 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 would have to get into the back half of the novel. Yeah, if we if we do anymore. It, but it, it felt okay. So spoiler free, it felt like they could have ended the movie thirty minutes before they ended the movie. They yeah. missed that really good ending point. For a part one and went a little too far into what part two might be and then also did that Zack Snyder's Justice League thing of teasing what part two would look like just in case it didn't happen and then it cut off and I was like I uh this just now feels incomplete (laughs) you know it feels like oh this is gonna be especially awkward if part two doesn't come out right um I don't know and I also Felt like, you know, when I watched Blade Runner 2049, like, oh, I could have watched a four-hour cut of this movie. I felt the same way about this movie, but not in the same way. It was like, I needed more, as in, I needed resolution to these plot lines. And knowing that I'm going to get it is what keeps my score optimistically high for Uh the first movie. But I totally agree with you that on its own, 
you know, if part two were to never come out, it would be kind of silly to revisit. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can just jump right in and talk about the epic sci-fi movie uh, that is Dune, mm-hmm. part one. Uh, so, again, if you haven't seen Dune, um, maybe don't waste your time with the rest of the episode. Yeah, I feel like I it's going to take up the rest of it. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Skip to the end if you want to hear us do a bit um, in Casey's, you know, magnum opus of editing. But uh, other than that, <laughs> yeah. we are going to get into spoilers. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, everybody fucking died in this movie, and I'm that threw me the fuck off. Oh, I loved it. I, I, I uh, this, this was the most surprised um, that I'd been at this kind of like carnage since Game of Thrones. And I guess that's mm. also what I really like about Dune is that it was way more, like, metal than I thought it was going <laughs> to yeah, be. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, adult... Like, when Denis Villeneuve said, this is going to be adult Star Wars, like, I didn't yeah. I didn't take it as seriously as I should have, and now I'm like, oh, fuck, it totally is. Like, Yeah. I... Like with every... Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. Um, he's yawning. He's, like, so, he's so bored of Dune already. Fuck this, <laughs> <laughs> no. No, okay, what... what uh, this is something uh, that a lot of sci-fi these days it what really pisses me off about it and i understand from the studio side and it's got to make enough money they keep making these shits pg-13 and it is driving me insane because i while dune was pretty metal i think it would have been more metal and more awesome if it was rated r i don't know how i don't know why but i think actually i do know how and i do know why but you know i don't like you know, it just, it bugs me. Like, all sci-fi these days has to be, like, almost, like, not, not, like, family-friendly, but, like, almost, you know, to yeah. where they can market it to, like, a wider audience. And I get that, but at the same time, Dune feels like very much a rated R piece of uh, art. Like, it just feels to me like it, it would maybe um, be up uplifted, I guess, by the, by the freedom to do what it has show however much gore say whatever the fuck they want stuff like that i don't know yeah i think you know part of that decision was probably you know blade runner 2049 didn't make a lot of money um and it was rated r yeah so Mm -hmm. like they were like let's tune let's uh tune that down a little bit and then um i think also that because we live in a post uh new hope world you know, when we get our science, when we get high science fiction like this, that the, that airs on the side of fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, the instinct is to sterilize it a little bit. And, yeah. you know, I'm about a hundred pages deep into the Dune novel and none of the violence has happened. So I can't attest to whether yeah. it's as sterile in the book, but it does feel like at least that, you know, without as very much blood, you know, at least they have concepts that explain that, you know, like mm-hmm. the shields are pretty neat idea yeah yeah. um i also like how you know the violence is introduced like early on you know he's in his training session with um with josh brolin and uh yeah like you get a vibe for how the shields work because it turns red whenever you know it's been breached Mm -hmm. and the user is injured and you get that really quickly and also that scene's just awesome you would have joined me in death my lord (laughs) he's like oh yeah that is a really cool scene um yeah that's i I'm specifically thinking of... I read this review um, that I really agreed with about... Somebody said that it's very clear Denis Villeneuve is not... Um, he's never done like up-close-and-personal action, yeah. really. And it kind of shows in Dune because the Duncan-Idaho fight, while it was still pretty damn good, you, you could tell it's 
a little shaky because um, just the camera angles he chose to use are just uh, really weird. It's clear that he didn't quite know how to frame um, that the fight sequences um, and stuff like that. But all the like, like the ships blowing up and stuff, uh, yeah. that is really awesome. The sandworms were fucking. The sandworms cool was dope. I they have some scaling issues with those sandworms though. I have to say. Um, I know they said in the first Sandworm encounter, they're like, that's a big one. And I'm like, okay. But like, also, <laughs> the scale of that Sandworm was nowhere near the scale of the other two we saw. Especially when it like, it rose up out of the ground and was like looking at Tim, at Paul. Yeah. And he was just kind of, I was like, um, I think they're a little bit bigger. There. Like, so I was like, the one we just saw was like way bigger than that. So like, in terms of scale, I, I don't know if they... But they did address it. They said, like, well, that's, that's a, a big, big one. one, you know? But, then, but okay, but that one was fucking huge. And then the other ones are so just, like, smaller. So it's a mature I don't know. I just, like, like what the hell? I don't, I don't know. I would I would, I would, would agree with you in most cases, but they, they definitely, I don't know. Like, I feel like, to me, that's yeah. a clear, clear-shut case. Like, that's an adult sandworm. And the other ones are, like, babies or maybe they don't grow as much. I don't know. There's such a thing as, like, a runt in the litter. Yeah, like, I guess. And I... I feel like, I don't know, that's just easily explained. Um, I just want to see more sandworms. Yeah, I, I, I think that you can't just have a big one every time a sandworm jumps yeah, up. Although I that wish. would be awesome. Yeah. It, it was definitely the first time that you see a sandworm, and it's the big one that yeah. I was thinking of when I said the sandworms are awesome, because that sequence is the one that had my yeah. jaw, like, you know, fall down a little bit, and it stayed there for a while. Yeah, when it, when the sandworm like takes a peek at them, that's definitely a one there where I was like, oh, that looks less impressive. But yeah. it's like, I guess it's just not as magnificent as a of a sandworm, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's why it's also not as big of a threat to to yeah. Jessica and Paul in that moment. <laughs> when they said that's a big one, they should have said that's probably the biggest fucking one we've ever seen. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other two were nowhere near that scale, and when I I was like, holy shit, that's literally huge like um but yeah i get why they say this is like a, a book that's like unfilmable um, yeah because i mean i mean we, they did right this one's pretty damn good for for a book that people say is unfilmable i mean he did pretty good but i think that also in terms of like scale yeah that'd be hard to capture it luckily we got that but also i think just like in terms of content it um i can see like I think they narrowly avoided this film being really boring. Yeah, about, um, because there it's is a just slow a, burn. It is a slow burn, and uh, I mean, uh, listen, I watch slow burn movies all the time. I like slow burn movies, but you know, for a for a like a blockbuster sci fi action, this was like teetering on the edge of like, okay, do we really need this sequel? Do we really need this to be this long? But in the end, I think for the most part, it works. Um, especially for the world building. The yeah. world building was super good in Dune. I, I, I really think that this is quite the accomplishment of a movie because like, before this movie came out, I tried to read Dune, um, mm-hmm. and it was too dense for me. Like The first passage uh, was this quote um, from the Princess Irulan or something, and it's like <laughs> some bullshit about Ma Dib or whatever, and it's like, oh, don't be fooled that he was born on the planet Kaladin, for it is Arrakis, the planet Dune, that he spent most of his life. And I'm like, I look, we just started the goddamn book. Can we, like, at least hold off on, like, the high fantasy things? 
Yeah. I think that this movie introduced those concepts even a bit better than yeah. the novel introduces them. Because I have started reading it again, and it's making sense now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I fuck with this. But something, yeah, that the movie is definitely limited by is you can't see character thoughts. And that is something that mm-hmm. comes up a lot in the novel. Like, in the movie, you kind of are confused if they're pretty sure that this is a trap and that they're going to die horrible deaths on <laughs> Arrakis uh, because the Harkonnens are some tr- uh, tricky bastards who can't yeah. be trusted. Like, why are they going? Yeah. Um, and that's addressed a lot more in the novel because, like, pretty much from the start, you know, the Bene Gesserit lady comes and tells Paul, like, your father's going to lose his planet. And he's like, well, he's, he's getting another one. And she's like, you're, he's going to lose that one, too. You know, you, you all are pretty much going to die yeah. on Arrakis and it's going to be a traitor. And you also learn very early on that the doctor is the traitor in yeah. the novel. Mm-hmm. You, you like you hear his thoughts, too. Like You have to be with him mm-hmm. as he's thinking about his betrayal and the implications he'll have. But the thing with the movie is that it actually takes fucking time to explain how these things work because you get to see it visually happen. Like, the shield, it makes sense now because you see it in action. Um, the Bene Gesserit and their powers and their little pain box. It works because you see how it happens and you don't have a wall of exposition that's all like, well, anyway, we've passed this pain box around for a really long time and it's it was like my grandfather's pain box and now you're going to stick your hand in it. And like, in the book, the, the needle she's holding has a name. The box has a name. Like, everything has a name. And the movie was just really good about being like, okay... He stick hand in box, it hurt. <laughs> if he if he hit needle, he died. You yeah, know, like yeah. it's just really simple, like uh, the way it's explained. It's simple, but it's like it takes it. It has that sincerity of like early Star Wars. Like it's yeah. treating all of these concepts seriously enough that if you do think it's silly at first, or I don't know, it worked for me anyway. I came around to it later. Mm-hmm. You know, like the voice. That's something that's yeah. kind of vague in the novel that I didn't really get. And now, in movie form, I'm like, oh. And they do a great job. They have that scene where she's like, use the voice. And he's like, give me the tea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, I okay, see. Yeah. So I love what Denis has done of making things like make sense. And like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of visual elements that help you connect dots. Like, um, uh, you know, the, the Harkonnens have that guy with the lip and it's got the blue painted on it and then you'll see later like oh shit uh you know the atreides clan has their own guy with a blue lip like i wonder if they're related and then sure enough if you do decide to read the text like they are they're from the same society they're mentats and i don't remember if that comes up at all in the movie but i certainly did not understand anything about that no i didn't i do that was like oh it looks like these guys are like uh, how like every kingdom has like uh, the king, the king's hand, and the yeah. treasurer, and like there's a like a, a you know sort of like a round table of important people. I'm like these guys must be the uh, the seers or something because their eyes roll back and they're just like information. <laughs> yeah, um, which is cool though that that he lets you connect those uh, pieces like that. And you do and you do get their purpose. Like yep. you you see them you know deal with military affairs. I mean. My favorite, one of my favorite sequences in the movie is when you see the the Harkonnen guy go to um, go to the Emperor's like planet or whatever where he has his battalion, and there's like yeah. the fucking guy like throat singing, and he's like, 
yeah. I, I don't know. You get you get the understanding in that scene though, because they talk about you know battalions and numbers like that. It's like oh. This guy is definitely in charge of the affairs. And something that I really like is the dramatic irony of the novel carries over to the movie. Because at that point, you know that, oh shit, this is not going to go well for yeah. for the Atreides clan. I but it still withholds enough that you're surprised to the extent of the destruction of the Atreides yeah. clan. And then also, I will say, the, the, the poison tooth. Mm. I could have never have foreseen like the destruction of that thing, but that was fucking awesome. Yeah. That was a fucking amazing scene. Um the fucking the villain is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is like one of the coolest villains I've ever seen with how he just like will levitate um and I just uh th- that scene and when they come in and they find him like up on yeah. the ceiling is the most grotesque, weirdest, bone-chilling fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, it's awesome. Um, and then when he's healing in the fucking black tar and he just yes. looks up. That is so cool. That is so cool. That That's, like, um, really cool things about Dune that just, like, fucking floored me. I was like, bro, this is, this is really awesome. Um, there is one thing that's bugging me that you may be able to answer. Um, and technically, spoilers for the next Dune... I guess maybe uh, maybe uh, I don't I don't, I don't know. know if they're gonna if they're gonna take okay Dune where it stands right now at least if you've only watched part one and you haven't read the novel feels like a white savior trope of a film um, oh. and but I somebody pointed out they're like have you read the novel like the whole novel it's like uh, they said Paul is not somebody you want to root for uh, towards the end so I'm like oh is are they like Flipping the white savior trope, maybe, um, because also Denis Villeneuve is not—he's not American. He's—he's uh, he's from Mexico, and I'm I, like, I think he's Canadian. Are you Canadian? I think, I, yeah, I, I wanted to maybe chime in last week, but I wasn't confident. I think he is a Canadian filmmaker, actually. Well, he speaks like very fluent Spanish because. Um, Thank you. I think he's Canadian. He, he needs a translator, though. Have you seen in his interviews and stuff? No, I, I, I haven't, but um. Oh, I think, he, I think he's French Canadian. Oh yeah, he's French. Okay. Like I think like, French yeah. Canadian. He is, bro. He does he not speak Spanish? Is I am, think am I may, wrong? Maybe motherfucker's speak? been speaking French and you thought and it's I thought Spanish? it was Spanish. I just okay. Well, he tell his okay. his films. A lot of his films are about Mexico as well. So yeah. I I kind of was like, oh okay, he's a he's a Mexican filmmaker. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um. E- either way, I don't know. I just thought maybe like uh. He, you know, he would have a little bit more sense than to make a, a white savior film, and there's a reason he loves Dune so much. Like he says, he read the novel a lot. Um, yeah. So I don't, but I don't know. That's the that's the one thing that was bugging me about it a little bit um, about part one at least. And I'm like, you know, anything can happen in part two, of course. But the way it's set up feels like it. It does. It does seem like it might be headed that direction. I, I do. I don't know. Something that's making me uncomfortable about the novel and the movie is like, you know, he's referred to as a messiah figure to these people. And that does give me weird vibes because in both the novel and the movie, he is very clearly described as white White, and portrayed as white. And it's like, you know, like their view of the desert people was probably like, you know, the Fremen are Islam and Mm -hmm. uh, they are, you know, maybe... Here's the thing that's interesting about Dune, though, is our Middle East fuckery 
was mm-hmm. nothing like what it is when it was written. And I think that's something that I thought was so cool about the movie is like today it's so hard to not see it as some kind of like Iraq like metaphor. Like yeah, they're there sure. to mine spice. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to Iraq to, to get oil. You know, there's all these people who live here that we're blatantly disregarding the whole time for mm-hmm. our own purposes. And it's been traded around by several different countries, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's had a piece of the Middle East and done their shit over there. And it's hard to believe that this novel, that this screenplay wasn't written in direct, um, you know, with that in mind. And so that's what keeps me interested is like, is this a white savior story or is there more here? Because I think Paul's current goal set up mm-hmm. by the end of the first Dune is, well, to, you know, get back at the Harkonnens and maybe retain control over mm-hmm. um, liberate, the planet again. Liberate the Fremen. Liber- Fremen liberate maybe. the Fremen. I don't know. Um, in the book, it definitely seems like from the start that they want to make peace with the Fremen yeah. and make allies with the Fremen. Like, the Duke is even like, oh, I've sent Duncan Idaho out to, like, a go you know talk to the fremen and see if they'd be interested in that and i think that's interesting though i think that air of collaboration um is 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 cool to see and i do think that that aspect of the novel translates well because they can't outright say the duke's been thinking about that and keeping it secret so they have that scene where paul meets uh Duncan and he's like I had a dream that you were with the Fremen and it's like mm-hmm. oh okay and that sets up that he's a bit of a yeah. a, a prophet like a, a prophesizer you mm-hmm. know like he, his dreams come true and it's like oh I get that now yeah like all of all of these concepts from the novel I think that Denis has adapted really well and it's made it easier for me to read it <laughs> and, yeah and I don't know I, I trust that it's going to go in a good direction in the second half I maybe I'll update you personally um, <laughs> whenever i finish it right. and then we can see the movie for ourselves later yeah. i i don't really remember the ending from the first dune so i'm not gonna rem- i'm not gonna go back and watch david lynch's version i'm not gonna look up spoilers I'm, no, i kind of want to remain surprised yeah for um, sure um so we've talked about the fact that it's a slow burn i think that would you agree that maybe the best sequences of the movie start like when the harkonnen like um massacre begins yeah for sure i think the the sandworm before that sequence is really good and i think um there's a couple other like pretty things to look at but as far as like substance goes you know like what's actually what what in the fuck is actually happening what is this i I like the world building like you like the i like the world building yes i i do think i was i felt like i'm like we are waiting a while for something to start and then when it finally kicks into gear and you know it goes so fast you're like okay what what is the rest of it and then it ends and i'm like oh okay but i do agree some of the you know probably the most visually pleasing and just very just awesome sequences are when the harken and massacre begins all the way to the end of the, of the film yeah i i mean just like really stunning stuff I, like pretty um you know like shocking still even though you know it's coming for a good while you're like oh my gosh everyone like there was a hope inside me that oscar isaac would live through his like meeting with the with the baron and that's what really solidified that stellan skarsgård is a really good villain to me Mm. is like his callousness and his coldness he's like kill you'll join your wife yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) just fucking cuts his head off it's fucking intense yeah um but i I don't know, like, I definitely agree that this is the end, of, like, the start of Act 2, or the end of Act 2, 
and we're going into act three and there should be more movie there and it's not and it was yeah. a weird choice to mm-hmm. do it this way like yeah because that's what i thought i was like oh the movie's just getting started and then it ended and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like i don't know and this hasn't been a problem for me before like i feel like Mm-mm. you know lord of the rings like you know that's a good example of like well, I mean, technically there are three books, but the way it was originally published, it was just one. Yeah. Like, you get a full story, and it's, like, little mini resolutions, mm-hmm. and then you still get, like, a, oh, you know, Frodo will go on and hopefully destroy the ring in the next one, huh? Huh? Uh-huh. And, like, yeah. that keeps you going, but, right. like, you could turn on Fellowship of the Ring and leave, like, that's a full movie. Right. That's done. I... I don't know how many times I'm going to rewatch Dune if it's not on the big screen and before part two's out. Like, part one is just incom- incomplete. And, yeah. like, I love it. I love it for what it is. But, you know, it's like, well, where's the rest? That's why yeah. I'm reading the book is, like, I need the rest. You know, I need it Yeah, now. exactly, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's just, I, you know, the, the character arcs aren't there, you know, mm-hmm. because they haven't arced there in the middle yeah. of arcing, but they're not done. Um, uh, and I think what, what confuses me the most about it is that we've killed pretty much, you know, all the all the poster characters, you know, at least. They're all dead. Uh, a lot and then, of them. A lot of them, at least. And then and then <laughs> we're, like, going into the third act of the film, and I'm like, and then it just ends. And I'm like, this is so weird. And, like, Fellowship of the Ring did it way better, I think. There are other trilogies that do it, you know, way yeah. better. Um, but, obvi- like, Dune... Part one, at least, its story is incomplete. Not that, not that um, having a part one, a part two, part three, whatever is bad, and you know, but it, like literally, this movie has no act three. Its act three it feels like an act two. Yeah, um, and so it's just it's really weird in that regard. It's like I was like, okay, we're still in act two, we're still in act two. Oh, it's over. Okay, uh, and that's just what really threw me off about. It. I was like, damn. I, I mean, I wouldn't have minded sitting another here another two to three hours, like. Honestly, like I know that'll never happen, but um, still, it's cool though. An intermission, I mean, something. I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it probably wouldn't have been very profitable if it weren't that. If it were that long, though, right. I guess that's why they did it. But maybe, you know, if part two would have already been made and was coming out like mm-hmm. a few months later, you know, like if they if these movies were filmed back to back. Like Lord of the Rings was, right? Um, you know that that would be good if we had this next year. Even I would be more okay with it. The fact that we had to go into this movie and be like, it might not get resolution. Yeah, that just like it makes the choices feel even more bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's like if you knew you only had one shot at this, why? Why was this right. the way that we approached it? And also. I do have a lot of questions about like what's the consistency of quality going to be like if mm-hmm. you take time off, time away from these characters, like, um, and then come back to it. Is it going to be as good this next time around, yeah. or is it going to be as consistent? And I, I don't know. I hope so. Right. I, I really do have faith in Denis, and I think that this is a promising blueprint of a of a very exciting sci fi franchise. And I want to mm-hmm. see how it all ends. I just I wish we had had more. You know. Um, yeah. Even if you look at, like, the movie that popularized these part one and part twos, like, Deathly Hallows part one, mm-hmm. you get three acts in that movie. Exactly, You get, yeah. like, at least something yeah. to, to have. And, I mean, I don't watch Deathly Hallows part one on its own anymore because right. part two's out, but it was fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was fine back then. For sure. Um, interesting question for you, kind of to top this all off. Oscar. Oscar buzz. I have 
this really strange, weird feeling that Dune um, is definitely going to be nominated for Best mm-hmm. Picture. I think it might even win it. Really? Uh, and I have I have some evidence to back that up. The Oscars like very specific movies, and Dune happens to fall into one of the category that, categories that they like, and that is epics. They like epics. But they don't love science fiction. They don't love science fiction, but this is Denis Villeneuve, yeah. and it's it's not you know totally out there it's very you know it's got the artsy vibe to it um and the, the, i just keep thinking the the what dune reminds me of is lawrence of arabia and i'm pretty damn sure lawrence of arabia won best picture it did um, i i think it i think it did yeah yeah and, you know we have the godfather movies that won best picture and i i just really feel that dune is a strong contender for best picture this year i do think that he He's never been nominated for Best Picture before, though. Mm-mm. And, you know, he's always existed right under that level of, like, person who will possibly get nominated for, like, Best Picture. Like, he, I think, I just looked it up to confirm. He's only been himself nominated for an Oscar one time, and it was for Arrival right. as Best Director. Best director yeah. And I know Blade Runner 2049 pulled the biggest dub of all time and won Best Cinematography, yeah. deservedly so. Right. Um... I do think that maybe this movie will get, like, production Oscar buzz. I'm hesitant to say that it'll get any kind of, like, acting or best mm-hmm. direction or even best yeah best uh, picture nomination because of mm. its sci-fi nature. Yeah, know? yeah, true. I don't know. I, I think it would be cool if it did. Is it the I one I want that. to win? Probably not. I, I need to watch all the... Well, I mean, they haven't really announced them yet, but when they do, I, I need to watch all of them, but... Right now, I th- I think Dune might you know be up for Best Picture. What it yeah, what it definitely won't be up for. What it might be up for that I don't agree with is Best Acting because personally I didn't really like Timothy. Really? Shal- no, I thought I thought I, he was fine. He he did fine, but it, it just I mean, for our main character, I just wasn't vibing with him at all. I was like, there's nothing to connect to here um, for me, and his his performance was very wooden. Um, he, I, I, I felt like, he, um, you know, this is just like the beginning of his arc, yeah. and like it's cool to see his training and all the stuff that he's going through and the and the loss. Um, I think that maybe this character would play better knowing that he's gonna become something else, and I do think yeah. that they try and promise you like oh mm-hmm. there's an arc here because they show okay there is one sequence in the movie that I do think is just straight up goofy, and it's when. He's it's like some CGI armor man like killing a bunch of people in the battle and then like the the mask comes mask up. fills up and it's like his face like digitally imposed on it yeah. and it looks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think that shot is actually really bad. And yeah. that unfortunately is like a lot of people are posting gifts with that one part <laughs> like please show anything else like the movie looks great. You're yeah. just intentionally spreading slander if that's what you're showing it's kind of like that shot of the eternals that's trending on twitter where like angelina jolie's cutting like the creature's legs and then it's very clearly cg and then it cuts to real angelina jolie kind of trying to finish that cg pose but it doesn't look the same at all it's like wait sorry this is a audio format i'm an idiot (laughs) i just i was i was enjoying watching look look up (laughs) no i don't know what you can look up angelina jolie Bad CGI, Bad Eternals. C- yeah, um, you'll find it. 
I don't know. I, I, I can I can see why you have your issues with Dune. I guess my score and my hopes are all mm-hmm. pretty optimistic um, that yeah, part yeah. two is going to be good. Yeah, um, no, I think part two will be good. I'm excited to see part two. Indeed. Um, there's going to be a lot more sequences like there were in this one with the Harkonnen massacre. Like, is jo- Okay, is Josh Brolin dead? I don't no. think he's dead. No, no, he's not okay. dead. I, I, this is this is one Dune thing that I'm okay bringing up. It, his character played by Patrick Stewart in the original is around the whole movie, oh, and yeah, yeah. I think he even shows up in the second novel or something. Mm-hmm. So I was I was thinking Josh Brolin was dead for a second, and then I was like, wait, no, we didn't see him die. We didn't see him. Die, and also, yeah. I think he comes back maybe mm-hmm. from my hazy memory. And yeah, he'll be in the sequel. So yeah. not everyone's dead. Um, just most of them. <laughs> but yeah, just most of them. I, 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 but I really did love everyone while they were around. You know, like oh I was, yeah. I think that uh, everyone did a great part with their um, with their role. You know, Oscar Isaac was great. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Momoa was especially yeah great. I loved him and his weird like evolution of losing all his facial hair that happened throughout the movie. Like at first he had a beard, then it was whiskers, and yeah. then he was like clean shaven. Clean shaven. Was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, y'all go watch Dune. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited for the award season. I'm excited for part two. Um, before we before we close, um, I just really quick want to have a conversation. Eternals is rotten. Rotten. Right yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That yeah? is crazy. First Marvel film to be rotten. Because we were talking, like, you know, even Ant-Man and the Wasp has, like, an 88% or some ridiculous yeah, for shit. for some fucking weird Cause, reason. Because, like, critics are usually pretty forgiving of, of Marvel. So I'm wondering, like, we have, like, literally an, a director who won an Oscar last year best at picture. the helm. Yeah, and yeah, Best, best Picture. Director, yeah. And this is their uh, next project, and it's the worst Marvel movie? Like That's ooh, hmm. not good for her. No, I, I wonder what this fucking script looks like. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, I read the story, like I said. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's maybe as subpar as it seems. I don't know. Yeah. These Marvel movies usually find a way to surprise me if I uh-huh. think they're going to be dog shit. Like, they always end up surprisingly mediocre, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sure. if we have our first truly dog shit Marvel movie, mm. you know, like Thor the Dark World shit. Like, yeah, I, that's going to be crazy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I'm still excited to see it because it's the first Marvel project that's rotten. And somebody was like, when somebody posted it, they're like, "This is history. The first rotten Marvel movie." My sources say, "No Way Home is next," and I'm like, "What the fuck? What do you mean?" Like, I hate people that praise when a movie is rotten. Like they're just waiting for yeah. its downfall. I'm like, bro. Yes, it's historic, quote unquote, in a sense, but it's the first. But like. Do you really have to be that happy about it? I mean, I'm not happy that it's rotten because I love Chloe Zhao and I think um, this is really cool that she's directing a, the, one of the biggest fucking blockbusters for one of the biggest companies um, and it sucks. I don't think that's something to be happy about. You no, know? yeah, that, that, that fucking sucks yeah. if it sucks, you know, and it shouldn't. And I, I'm worried that, you know, people will take away the wrong lessons from this. It's like, oh, we need more mass-produced, like, shit we need to Mm. never stray from the marvel formula because clearly it didn't work out like i think what would be really unfortunate if it's a box office bomb as well because then i think that marvel won't take risks anymore this feels like a risk it does it really does yeah 
I don't know, and it, it, it doesn't seem to be going too well. No. But I'm, even though the trailers excited me, I liked the trailers. What I, I saw, a I trailer like the and scale I, in the trailer. I like the visuals, but I don't really care for the story that the story. I've been seeing in the trailer. Well, I don't, I don't even know. know what the story is, so that's why I'm just like, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I, I'll see it. We'll yeah. see it. We'll talk about it. We'll for probably sure. have it. tune tune in sometime November next week. Next week? Are you kidding? It comes out November fifth. Oh shit! Okay, I'll try. I'll try and see it this week you know i might i might not catch it no i'll catch it i'll catch it if you catch it i'll catch you it. catching it let's just go together okay let's go we'll, we'll hold each other accountable yeah exactly there we go there, there we go. go you 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 have your promise yeah now can we keep it that's exactly. another thing we'll also we'll try to get around to soho and french dispatch for next week too Maybe. i know i'm gonna try that i'm gonna try oh god a lot of movies to lot see of in the movie, theater yeah. so hey it's november it's that awards season fucking grind bro yeah. i'm ready for it ken and i are gonna we we had our halloween jar this month right mm-hmm. there um and we're gonna do a never seen november for oh, this month yeah. so i mean technically going to see a film in theaters that had not been released before yeah. is never seen november exactly there's no way we could have seen it <laughs> <laughs> work around it man now to think about this banger ending you gotta edit i know so i'm thinking this is where the werewolves come in <laughs> okay Whoa! Oh there my, they are! Oh my god, is that a really convincing sounding uh, <laughs> werewolf? Uh, Christopher, I mean, Christoph Waltz impersonator? Well, my name is Christopher Waltz, and um, people know me from the film Django. Oh my god, it is! Oh my god, she's Fritz. really good at that. Actually, my name is Dr. King Schultz, I and uh, I have a horse by the name of Fritz. Can you afford the rights to this song? It sounds really epic. It does sound really epic. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Uh, laser sound effects. Oh, oh dude. Dude. Duck your head. Duck your head. Duck oh, wait. Oh my god. Is the roof coming off the house? Is that a UFO? Oh, that Whoa. sounds really convincing. <laughs> oh, the tractor beam sound effect is really good. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fall into the sky. Uh, I think it's great. I hope it goes on another five minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs>